The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. Thanks for listening, kids. We really appreciate it. When you share the show with a friend, when you hit the share button and you say, hey, check this out. This is a pretty good show. That's how we build the mojo here at the Boston Podcast. By the way, we're produced by pod617.com. We have studios here in Westwood. If you're interested in your own podcast, check out the website. You could be the next big podcast star, as they say in Boston. You could be the next like a wicked big podcast star, right? J.P. Plunkett, who grew up in Milton, who's my guest. You could be a wicked big podcast star. Who knows? <laughs> you never know, right? Following your footsteps, Dave. Yeah, well, why TBD. not? Why not? Plenty of room in the podcast pool. You're going to hear all about J.P., who's a commercial real estate broker at Red Dome Realty. But there's more to J.P. than meets the eye, not just because he should be an NFL quarterback. With a name like J.P. <laughs> Plunkett, I mean, right? Did people I re- tell you that? I remember when I was a little kid, four, five, six years old, and Jim Plunkett was the Pats quarterback. Sure. Uh, every now and then I would tell people he was my father. <laughs> he was not. Um, yeah. So he, yeah, you gotta- he, he was good, but he had to go on to... Uh, what, San Francisco, then to Oakland, he won some Super Bowls. Yeah, Oakland, two two Super Bowl wins, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. And, yeah, those were the days where the... The athletes who wore Boston uniforms, they they could win championships, but only after they left us or before they came to us. It was always one or the other. Like Bob LaBelle, (laughs) Channel 4 sports anchor, used to say, why can't we get players? That's right. The great Bob LaBelle, who I've had on this show. We miss you, Bob LaBelle. Before we get started, let me tell you about our sponsor, the U.S. Postal Service, second largest employer in the U.S., offering paid training and ways to move up. Apply today, usps.com slash careers. So JP grew up in Milton as such. He qualifies to be a contestant in the Boston vault. Well, that's not the con- contestant victim. I don't know. We're going to put him in the Boston vault. And the way this works, JP, is the doors swing, the locks engage, and we do not let you out of the Boston vault until you answer questions somehow connected to Boston. Okay, that's enough. Shut the door. Okay. So for starters, for starters, You grew up in Milton. This is always my kickoff question. Tell us what the best, uh, if you wanted to, if you were seven years old or eight years old and you wanted to go out for ice cream in the Milton area, where would you go? So that's a simple question. It's a great question. And Mm. it's the same place today, many years later. And that would be the ice cream smith Mm. in Adams Village, excuse me, in Lower Mills, Dorchester, uh, maybe 90 seconds from the Milton line. Ice cream smith, um, lower mills, and del- what, delicious. And what was your go-to order? A chocolate chip every single time. Chocolate maybe, chip, maybe some Heath bar put in. Oh, hey, it, let's let's get fancy. Yeah, there was. So I, as we were we were talking about this before we started recording, but JP and I were he's younger, a little younger, but were high school rivals. You you at Nobles and Greenall, me sort of ironically at Milton Academy, your hometown, and um, the go-to fast food place was we would go down that 
the, I don't even remember what road, but it was, I remember you headed towards the Mattapan tea station that it was kind of nearby. Yeah, there was a, there was and, a Papa Gino's uh, in Mattapan a couple seconds from Milton. We had a place at the time called Spucky's. Oh, Does that Sp- ring a bell? Spucky's is great. Yeah. A little bit further down the street. Is Spucky's, it still there? Absolutely. Oh, nice. They have great, Spucky's. Gr- great pizza. There's a new family six, seven years ago that um, bought it, kept the name. They were also the very first, and for years, the only delivery option. I'll never forget mm. the summer of 1986 when the Red Sox were heading to the World Series. Thanks for bringing that up. I spent... Every night, oh, to be 15 years old again. Well, that's true. Watching the Red Sox and ordering a pizza from Spucky's. And yeah. that was really the, the the beginning of delivery to the town of Milton was Spucky's. Isn't it, it funny how you remember that? I, I remember my tradition would be I'd come home from college, and if I had a day free, rather than make any plans, I would go down to Cobb's Corner and order a large or maybe a small, whatever. But it was a, a hamburger pizza, and the Papaginos, I mean, Papaginos is what it is, was what it was. It's not gourmet, but I love their, their big balls of hamburger they were put on there. Sure. And then I'd walk down to the video store, and I'd rent three videos It was and, and just eat pizza and watch movies. And it was uh, pretty pathetic that, that that was my dream, but it was. So. No, well, I wasn't that different. I'd maybe yeah. add in a bag of uh, Parmesan goldfish. Oh, after go. about an hour, of there wiffle you ball. Go a little bit wiffle ball. Oh God, stop the presses. <laughs> We're gonna have to talk about wiffle ball for that's America's sport right there. I love wiffle ball, and it's nice because you can still play it when you get old. Um, so, a couple more questions related to Boston, and then you know we've got um, we got to talk since uh, JP. Is, oh, by the way, find JP at r dome.com. Red Dome Realty, r-dome.com. Um, I've known JP in, around business circles for a while. He's awesome. He's a guy you should network with and uh, loves what he does. Very proud of it. So that's the website. But also, you can tweet at JP, at JP Plunkett. That's where you get kind of nutty and you talk about socks and music and stuff like that. Right? Correct. Exactly. And then the professional one, at Red Dome Realty, all typical spellings, at Red Dome Realty. Realty tweet at him there. So there, there you go. Thanks, Dave. No problem. My pleasure. So when it comes to, oh, okay. So I have to ask a follow-up. So you met, you brought up for some reason, you brought up the 1986 Red Sox and uh, you know, every time it comes up, it's like another tiny dagger into my heart. Although times are much different. Let's face it. Um, do you remember where you were? I'm sure you do. Where were, <laughs> where were you when the ball went through Buckner's legs? So that, that's a great question. I remember exactly where I was. I had Four or five of my good pals from Nobles over to the house. We were watching it in our finished basement. Mm. We were, it was the spring of our freshman year, right? And I literally had to go upstairs to my bedroom to hide because I cried. <laughs> I cried too. And I, and I was uh, in college. <laughs> and I mean, didn't we all cry? Didn't we all cry? If you weren't, weren't going to cry, that I used to say at the time, that happily, I had had a happy childhood, and I hadn't, other than, you know, my, my grandfather passing away, which which was, you know, the kind of thing, he had a great life and all that, I hadn't had many tragedies in my life. This was the first. It's amazing <laughs> you say that, because I always, I said the same thing shortly thereafter. My grandfather died when I was five. I remember him incredibly well. He was fantastic. But from five to 15, I had no tragedies. Yeah, which is a pretty good run. Thank God. I had none. <laughs> yeah. And even when you're five and your grandfather dies, it's terrible, but it's not 
unabashedly tragic. Right, because when you're that young, you just you kind of figure old people die. And, and you Even though of, he was right. relatively young in hindsight. In but hindsight, at the, yeah. at the time, you don't really get that. Yeah. But when the Red Sox let that happen and, and the Mets got the championship in Game 7, which everybody forgets, the Bill Buckner game was not the deciding game. And I frankly don't blame Bill Buckner. A couple quick things. Dave Stapleton could have been in for defense mm -hmm. like he generally was all mm -hmm. season long. B, Mookie Wilson. Right. It's hard to say Mookie Wilson now without and, thinking of Mookie Betts. I know. We have a better Mookie now. Yeah. Mookie Wilson definitely could have beat that out. He, he said later he would have beaten it. He thinks he would have beaten it. I out. think he Possibly. might have. Yep. And they had a whole other baseball game the next day the next that they day. could have won. So it's yeah, not Bill Buckner's fault. They don't make it to the World Series without his 100-plus RBIs. For sure. Yeah, I mean, the, you, you, it's almost like you're reading my mind. I say this to people all the time. I'll add to it that by the time the ball went through Buckner's legs, the the game kind of felt lost anyway, and that's because it was tied. It was tied when it went through Buckner's legs. We had already blown this two-run lead with nobody with nobody out. We got the first two outs, and I remember Dave Henderson caught the second out in center field and kind of put his glove down in in a kind of knowing way, like, this is about to be special. We're about to win the World Series. Ah! <laughs> and, then, and then Stanley throws the wild pitch, yep. which could have been a pass ball, and the, the tying run scores. I'm skipping ahead of you batters there, but... Yeah, it was like, um, it was really sort of death by a thousand cuts. And the, the Buckner just became symbolic of the thing. And we had a lead in game seven, three and, nothing. And don't forget Dave Henderson's home run versus the Angels in the playoffs that year. Mm -hmm. And to tie back in wiffle ball, I remember that <laughs> we were out at my a friend's house in Milton down near uh, Cunningham Park during the commercials. We played wiffle ball. That's great. And what that? we ran back in. Buckner's home, I mean, excuse me, Henderson's home run. He almost broke his ankle. Uh, Donnie Moore, the relief pitcher for the Angels, mm -hmm. who gave up that home run, sadly, but probably in a connected way, took, took his, his own life. For sure. Yep. I mean, that is just the stories galore that come from that postseason. So I'll tell you my story, which sadly, listeners, I've probably already told this on the podcast, so I'll tell the abbreviated version. But I had the chance to meet Al Michaels once. It was during... Um, it was, I think it was the Pete Carroll era of the Patriots. They were playing a Monday night game. Patriots were not that good this particular, but uh, this particular season. But I was at a wedding at the Four Seasons, and some and somebody must have pointed out, hey, you know, uh, Al Michaels just walked into the Bristol Lounge. So we went down there and said, uh, hey, Mr. Michaels, hope we're not bothering you. We just want to say, you know, we're big fans. He was super sweet. And the first thing we asked him about was 1980 Olympic uh, hockey team. Do you believe miracles was one of the Best calls, probably the best call of all time. No doubt. And um, I said, I said, will there ever be anything to top that? And he said, I don't think so. It was at the height of the Cold War. It was kids against men. How could you top that? I don't think you can top it. And then I said, you know, Al, we remember you also for game five of the 1986 ALCS, the, the Dave Henderson game. And he said, what a great game. He said, I don't... Um, I don't think people remember that not only the Henderson home run, but Jim Rice made a great catch in left field. They were back and forth. And I said to him, you know, I remember you came out of commercial, Mr. Michaels, and the first thing you said was, if you've just tuned in, too bad. <laughs> and, he, and he looked at me, and it was the, you know, you live for the chance to, to meet a celebrity, but also maybe to say something meaningful. It's not, his eyes widened. He looked at me. He goes, I remember that. He kissed, my producer told me, sum up the game. When you come back, he said, I can't sum it up. I'm just going to say. He's unbelievable. Oh, he's, he's him and best. Chris Collinsworth, I think, still have the best tandem going in all of announcing. Totally agree. Sports-wide.
Now, a question, I guess, if I can ask you a question, oh, yeah, where sure. were you, because I remember where I was, when he made that call in 1980, um, the Olympic hockey, yep. um, the Russian game, which also wasn't the gold it wasn't medal game. yet. I knew you'd know <laughs> that too, right. We beat Finland for the gold, yeah. Right. I was, um, my story is not great. I, I remember that that game was on tape, played on tape delay, mm-hmm. and I couldn't stand not knowing, and there was no internet back then, but right. there was the Boston Globe Sports Hotline, a uh-huh. recorded message that had scores. That so when when if the Red Sox played late, you got the newspaper in the morning, and the late game didn't catch the early edition of the paper, so you didn't know who won. I mean, you can go on TV and wait for the news. I guess I used to call that. So I called, and my dad was was getting was watching the game as it began on TV. In real life, it had already finished. So right. I got the result. And my mom said, don't say a word. You don't spill it for your dad. And Big so, trouble. And so I heard the US 4, USSR 3, and I thrust my little, my little tiny, uh, how old was I? 12, 12-year-old 12 yeah, fist into the air. Soon to be eight. <laughs> it, that's right. And my mom was holding her, her hand over my mouth so that, I, she couldn't, um, so that my dad couldn't hear. That's my whole story. How about you? So I was... About to be eight years old, I was at my dear friend Bill Chapman's house. We were in uh, his... Make sure you're talking to the mic, JP, we were, so we, we were in We there were in his playroom uh, watching the game and mm-hmm. eating grilled cheeses. I mean, I couldn't... I, I, I <laughs> That's couldn't, America. I couldn't tell you what I did two hours ago, but I know that I was eating a grilled cheese yeah. when um, USA was playing USSR. And it said, did it say CCCP on the jerseys back I then? I think it. I think it did. Yep. Yeah, it, that's yeah. Those the you know, red red sweaters, white, white letters. Yeah, uh, Tretiak was the goalie. Mm. But I remember uh, quite well, and um, I have a little connection to that. Many many years later, one of my first, uh, maybe my first big commercial real estate assignments was to do the leasing at eighty eight Black Falcon Avenue. Uh, in the Marine Industrial Park, it was a, a gut rehab of an old war-era warehouse that became office and industrial. Long story short, one of the two developers was a guy by the name of Ralph Cox. Mm-hmm. And if you've seen the movie oh, Miracle, yeah. you'll know that Ralph was a UNH grad who was the last cut on that Herb Brooks 1980 yep. Olympic team. And any of the guys will tell you he was one of the better players, but he had an ankle problem. Yeah. And in the Disney movie... They showed him taking the news real well and um, being right. a gentleman. Walton mm-hmm. uh, Coxie told me that that's far from true. Oh, really? He got the news. He was ripping payphones off the wall, um, absolutely devastated, and f- called his parents who were on their way from, um, I think, at Marblehead to Lake Placid. This is how late in the process he got cut. Mm-hmm. And he had to tell them, I got cut turn around, go home, I'm sorry I disappointed you. And they're like, of course you didn't disappoint us. He got on a plane, I think, to Germany and signed a pro contract to play in Europe. He couldn't even stand being around. Mm-hmm. Now, with all that said, and I'll, I'll land this plane, but to this day, uh, he gets invited, rightfully so, um, by these guys to all of their reunions. They consider him a part of the team because he trained with them for the 11 months leading up to it. And... Um, He's That's just, amazing. He's just I, I would, a great real estate developer who, who um, who's just had a, a wonderful life. But that was a, a little hiccup, and he um, moved on to all sorts of great things. But it was uh, was it was a tough 
tough thing to not be part of it. Well, that's interesting that they invite him back. That kind of makes me happy about the whole thing. Yeah, in the movie, it's depicted, and whoever that actor was, was they got great actors for this. I mean, Kurt yeah. Russell is an American <laughs> treasure, and but and I don't know if he nailed Herb Brooks or not. I think he definitely nailed the spirit of Herb Brooks. But those, um, the young actors they got to play, oh, yeah. you know, many of the guys from Boston, they, they felt like Boston guys they to me. They nailed it. Yeah, didn't they really? Including the co- Coxie. Coxie, what do you want to do? What, what's your goal in playing hockey? He goes, and it'd be like, what's your goal to make the fucking NHL? I don't know. If, uh, they did, sorry, they didn't swear. It was a Disney movie. Uh, but they did. They yeah. did in real life. So <laughs> I'm sure. No. And then, yeah, and the, the the scene I remember distinctly, the scene where they portrayed Cox getting cut. It's like her Brooks. You know, it's like, well, I get. How am I going to cut this kid? He's he's done everything I've asked him to do. It's true. So, he yeah. was a great player, and he's an even greater guy. Mm-hmm. But someone had to go. And his uh, ankle was only at about ninety five percent, so th- that's that. But yeah, wow. good, good connection, good so. inside scoop there. Well, because of that, we're going to let you out of the Boston ball. Congratulations, <laughs> KP. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. But there's at least one Boston addendum that we need to address because it's on my mind. I'm sure yours as well. Now we are recording this on a Thursday, and Alex Cora, the manager of the Red Sox, has parted ways with. They said mutually parted, but. This 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 kind of I have a lot to say about this, but I'm going to let you talk first because you're the guest, lifelong Boston sports fan. You tweet a lot about sports, and by the way, we might as well mention now you run the. Let's spend uh, you know just a couple minutes before we get to Cora. You you run the Challenger Division of Little League in Milton. Is that right? Yep. So I've I've been um, lucky to be involved for ten years now as a board member of the Milton National Little League with a number of other great um, um, guys and gals who who love the game and love the community. And say seven, eight years ago, a few of us started a division um, called Challenger, and it's it's a national thing. Uh, her, um, oh, cool! And we, we have children with autism, um, you know, various special needs, um, cerebral palsy, you know, kids that can't see quite so well, and they get together every Sunday afternoon, and we play a couple, three innings of baseball. That's great, and. I take it some kids need more help than others. Absolutely. Yep. You know, some need very, very little. Right. Some need quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And we customize it uh, in a very unscientific way um, to fit the individual um, need or requirement. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. And everybody has a blast. And um, the kids are smiling. Their siblings, uh, who are usually the ones on the ice rink or the hockey rink, uh, excuse me, or the baseball field or the hoop court, uh, are in the stands cheering on. It's great. And it's a great reversal of roles. Um, the parents who are um, at home often may be concerned about things as they understandably are, have a chance to sit on the sidelines and speak with other parents and um, trade happy stories, sad stories, um, yeah. uh, so best that, practices, that, and it gives them a chance to just, you don't have to be out here with us. It's a bonus, just, yeah. Just watch and have some fun and cheer. Yeah. And we all eat ice cream afterwards. Good for you, man. Or pizza. I, yep. <laughs> or both. Uh, well, tremendous. I mean, there's nothing more American <laughs> than baseball, ice cream, and pizza. But um, so, uh, as I've told you and the whole world, my son has autism and he's 21 and he doesn't love sports, but he he will play. He actually likes. Could we get him down as a as a general manager? <laughs> uh, he might give it a shot for one game, but, but but baseball especially is a little tough for him because 
he likes all the tra- he actually likes the trappings of a game more than the actual game. In other words, he likes to know he's playing. He likes to know he's wearing the uniform. He likes to sit on the bench with the, this is basketball I'm talking about now. He likes to sit on the bench with the kids. As far as actually playing, shooting the ball, you have to prompt him to do that. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you two quick stories that um, are one about Adrian, one just about um, you know special needs sports generally. The first one was this was just past weekend. Cardinal Cushing Adrian School team played at the. There's a cool facility, Special Olympics. I, I hadn't been there until now in Marlboro. There's a, there's a faci- athletic facility, including a nice gym, and we played there and. Adrian, you know, eventually they, they do a nice job, the mentor kids or, or, or coaches or whoever they are, making sure that every kid gets at least one or two shots. Adrian did make a basket. I was cheering. He, I don't know if he cared. But the, <laughs> one, the one cool little moment, and, and it's, it's subtle, but to me it was great. He, came, he dribbled up the court more than once, over half court, and he kind of stopped and he looked, and there's a defender, the, the, you know, there's a kid defending him, and he threw the ball right to the defender. Okay, so he doesn't know, he doesn't know any better or doesn't care, right? <laughs> so, yeah. of course, the kid takes. So he, after he did it once, I was like, eh. After he did it the second time, one of the coaches was trying to correct him, but he wasn't listening. So I said, Adrian, <laughs> listen, don't, you're doing great, but don't throw it to orange, only throw it to blue. And he looked at me and I go, you get it? Orange, uh, blue, not orange. He's, he's like, Yes. The next time he came up the court, he dribbles up the court, he stops. There he is again. The defender's right there. He's looking right at him, and you could see his wheel spinning. He threw it over over the kid to his teammate. And, you know, talk about a, a meaningless uh, little moment in a game for everyone except me and him. I was so proud of him. He didn't seem to care, but he listened, and he, he got coached up. The, the other one that sticks out to me is there was a game where his team was getting destroyed, and one of the... You know, for not anyone's faults. Once in a while, you get a kid who is the the special needs version of a of a ringer. In, in Absolutely, other, right? Felix and, is ours. A Felix, yeah. In, this kid, his speed in baseball. Yep, he can hit the heck out of it. Yep. Defense is not necessarily Felix's uh, interest. <laughs> um, right. But boy, offensively, he's a superstar, and uh, he is a ringer. Every kid, every kid is different, and we mean that in a nice way. But you oh, know, yeah. every kid is different. But and and all the kids on the court have some kind of issues. So I don't, I certainly don't question them being there. But there was this one yeah. kid that was just running up and down the. He clearly had um, um, challenges. But yeah. at basketball, he was pretty damn good. So he backing up, and so we're losing like you know thirty to four or something. There was a kid that came on the court um, like in the second shift for the opposing team of my son's team, and. Um, you know, he clearly had some kind of challenge himself, and so he, he was in the right place. He was handing the ball to the other team, and I'm almost choking up thinking about it now. And the second time he did it, the ref said, you know, and you don't have to hand it to the other team. He, and I could read his lips. He said, we want to give them a chance. We want to give them. No. And just the heart. I mean, the heart of that kid, you know? I, I hear you, and, and that's what's amazing about all of this. It's irrelevant who might be a ringer, who might not be, who's in between. These kids are so sweet and kind, 100% across the board, no deviation. And they want to help each other, high-five each other. And it is um, truly, it's special. You know, I I guess I understand why they call it Special Olympics. We're not, Little League International's Challenger Division is not affiliated with Special Olympics, but they're very similar in theme and concept. And um, just the, the happiness factor um, is absolutely great, and uh, yeah, they want to get competitive sometimes, but more or less, they're there to have a blast. Mm-hmm. And uh, the people that are lucky enough to be a small part of it with them end up having fun as well. Yep. It's just a win, win, win. 
a moment ago. I think it was getting a little dusty in the studio here, JP. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to have to have that checked, but I don't. That's the, that's the only reason why my eyes were well. I'm I with swear. you. I get it. So, um, good on you on that, man. And um, it, is there a place people can go, like on the internet or, or otherwise, if they Google Challenger Division? They sure can. So okay. there's, there's two spots. Oh, good. Um, if they reach out to me, I can put them in touch with all sorts of people. But the um, MiltonNationalLL.com, MiltonNationalLL.com. And we do have two or three kids from outside of Milton. But the good news is we've helped um, sprout this message. And I'm not saying we're responsible for it at all, but in a small way, we've helped uh, a Dorchester group start. There's always been one in Braintree. There's a great one in West Roxbury. Um, there's a tournament every year that the wonderful town of Weston hosts for programs throughout New England. So there's, there's opportunities abound. Uh, even if your community might not have one, uh, a community near yours would welcome your child with open arms. And then nationally, uh, Little League, mm. um, they, they, they go on Google the website just for Little League. Yeah. And they're, they're wonderful. They help support this. And Garth Brooks... I'm not a country music fan. I don't dislike it, but it's not my favorite. <laughs> but I got to give um, a high five to Garth Brooks. His foundation um, provides grants mm -hmm. all over the country for Little League Challenger groups that are percolating and starting. Mm -hmm. So if you feel as though there's some funding that you need help with, um, Garth Brooks is the man. Good, good on you, Garth Brooks. He, I mean, he's got money to. Burn so he does. Good. He's, I'm he's glad picked, he's doing good things. Picked a good a yep. good spot to put some yeah. of it. <laughs> he must be a baseball nut because he did that thing. He he played for a team for spring training ah, as, good point. as as yeah as as a you know a sort of a gimmick. I mean everyone was kind of happy about it. I think he got an infield hit. The San Diego Padres. <laughs> it's Is that right? outrageous yeah, yeah, yeah. that um I remember that again. Yep. Don't know um, what I did an hour ago, but I know <laughs> right. Garth Brooks was in spring training with the Padres. <laughs> right. Well, we got a little time left. I promise we're going to get to Alex Cora and tell. I'm going to tell everyone why you're all wrong about this subject. We also. I'm also uh, promise we're going to talk a little bit about the contra all kind of controversy swirling today, JP, about mm -hmm. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. JP's a big rock and roll guy, uh, and. Before we do that, let me tell you once again about the U.S. Postal Service, second largest employer in the U.S., offering paid training and ways to move up. Apply today, usps.com slash careers. From mail carriers to corporate management, the USPS works together to provide efficient, affordable service to the American public. The workers are the backbone of its service, and the USPS wants to develop and advance careers, so its development programs train and prepare employees for promotions in a growth of variety business areas. I didn't read that right, but it's tradition for me to screw up the live read. As I was saying, employees for promotions and growth in a variety of business areas. Thank you. I got it right that time. Way to go, Dave. <clears throat> Everything you need to know is at the website, usbs.com slash careers. Apply today. The U.S. Postal Service deliver for the nation. Now, okay, we got, we got Cora and we got Whitney Houston, <laughs> both in the eye of the storm, even though Whitney's sure. not with us anymore. Nope. So, Cora, I'm, I, you don't know how I feel about this, so I want your unvarnished right. opinion. So, you hate to see somebody go down, and um, I never take any um, joy in that. Um, by most accounts, he's, he's a fine human being. Cheating or not cheating, sign stealing or no sign stealing, and you can ask Friends of mine, you can go way back on my Twitter feed before the Sox hired him or when they hired him. Mm. Never been a big fan of him as really? a managerial candidate or as a manager. Now, I know they won the World Series under him, and I quickly admitted, hmm, 
I was apparently wrong. Mm -hmm. But he always struck me as being smug <laughs> yeah. and the smartest guy in the room, sort of in a passive way, mm -hmm. annoying. Yeah. Nothing like Bill Belichick. That was sarcasm. Frank, no, how's this? Good point. <laughs> yeah, well. A little version of that. But at least Bill Belichick has been over-the-top successful. True. And from what everybody says is hilarious offline. Right, right. And is a hot ticket of a guy. So he's earned it. Uh, Cora, never a big fan. Always felt as though he was a little bit in over his head despite his success. And that is not me being clever after the fact. I've People always can felt check, that. Check JP's Twitter feed, at JP Plunkett, and you'll see the evidence. So, so in a way, you called it. Uh, I don't want to say I called it, but I'm not upset about it. And, and how's this? The Red Sox new GM, although he'll never say this because he seems like a complete gentleman, down deep, he might be relieved because you've got to mm. believe he wanted his own guy anyways. Yeah. And this just sped that up. Yeah. And if you agree to keep him... Um, you're doing so in an awkward fashion. Uh, undoubtedly, again, we're recording this on a Thursday. By now, by the time you listen to this podcast, the penalty may have already been handed down for Cora, likely to be hefty, but he doesn't have a job right now. The Sox said, you know. But I'm so, sure that yeah. in that it's quote-unquote mutual and the suspension hasn't been put forth yet, they probably cut him a check for 70 cents on the dollar mm. as to what he's uh, owed the next two years. So it's not like he's going to be collecting food stamps he's going to be fine financially oh, yeah. fine yeah and uh something will get figured out and i'm, I'm rooting for bruce bochi buck show walter dusty baker or mike Sosha. i want whoa old school yeah pick one of the four three-year contract get one world series within the next three years and in the meantime maybe percolate and grow a young buck and mm. my last comment on managers i'm sorry no i mean this and I'm not even trying to be nice. I, I, I've said this, and I feel this. Jessica Mendoza, softball superstar, an excellent um, analyst with A-Rod on the Sunday Night Baseball broadcast. Right. She would be paired with a really good traditional bench coach, I think an outstanding manager. Hey, how about that? She knows the game incredibly well mm -hmm. and she's wonderfully personable could deal with the fans the media and that job has become more than just a quote-unquote baseball job it's it's a baseball job it's a pr job it's a community job it's a getting along with people i.e players job so i think a team should give her a chance partnered with mm -hmm. somewhat of a traditional bench coach former manager and now you've got the best of both worlds. Wow. And you've shaken things up. It, we may be a few years away from that just as a society. That doesn't mean it's right. Yep. But that would be fascinating. You know, if we, if we if ever we thought you need to play the game in order to coach the game, that's long been dispelled. No I mean, question. I mean, what did Belichick play in, even play in college? Belichick I mean, played a little bit of lacrosse and a little bit of football yeah. at a Division three school. Um, he has proven Wesleyan, right? You went correct. to Wesleyan, yeah. Uh, great place, but, yeah. but by no means a bastion of a football. Of course not, right? And he's the best that ever lived. Yeah, and there I you think, go. I think baseball's starting to figure that out, right? And so if you if you can just know the game, not having played it, why can't you be a woman? You absolutely can. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. So, so, but and we don't want to belabor this this Alex Cora thing, but tell me how you judge the the severity of the of well, okay, the Astros um, who has you know started this. Thing if you, I mean, I don't want to go back to the whole history. They've been punished severely, right? The what I'm trying to get at is sign stealing by ways of this camera, whatever scheme it was. How bad is it? That's my question. So 
I just learned this yesterday from two different people that I know quite well that played baseball at an extremely high level, which I did not. I was a Mendoza line guy. Me too. And rode the bench in high school. Yeah. <laughs> Joined the club. Yeah. So the, the, their biggest gripe is the sophistication of this stealing of the signs literally allowed hitters like a J.D. Martinez, like a Mookie Betts, who had, coincidentally, career years in 2018, mm -hmm. to know that a fastball's coming. And superstars who know that a fastball is coming, that's like... That's a huge uh, deal. That's like a beach ball being thrown at you yep. and you've got a two-by-four in your hands. Yep. And to get ready for a curveball or a slider, to make those mental quick adjustments. The sad part is a triple-A pitcher who might have been called up for that particular series, facing guys that had that information, got bludgeoned, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. ruined his confidence, back to the minors... His superiors figure, well, he's just not pitching well. Well, mm -hmm. guess what? Even if just one career was was potentially altered for the negative because of that cheating, that's disgusting. That, that's yeah. a livelihood lost as a result of a nasty way of conducting your business. That's persuasive. I'm going to give you another viewpoint, if you'll entertain it, JP, sure. in the time we have remaining. Okay. So... Um, First of all, when Abner Doubleday invented baseball, you know, puts you, you roll out the ball and the bat and you measure the lines and there you go, we're, we're going to play baseball. Here are the rules. And the baseball rule book has evolved over time. Is there anything in the rule book about signs? Does the word sign appear in the rule no, book? No, no, pr probably not. Right. So another, what, where, where I'm going with this is somewhere along the line, and maybe even back in Abner Doubleday's times, they figured a good way to, to coach the pitcher up on how to what pitch to throw is we're going to give you a signal and um it's going to and it it's code a signal is code right right so it, it's it's um you know I'm, I'm inventing this little system here you know the the historical um uh, thing was you know one for a fastball two for a curveball right and then maybe three for a change or whatever but we all know it's much more sophisticated than that so it's code to begin with now when there's a dude on second base what do they do I mean, I don't, I, I, again, I played at, uh, you know, a couple of years of high school, but when there's a runner on second, the runner can now see what the, the catcher is flashing the pitcher, right? Right. So they do, they call it an indicator, right? Or something. They make it more complex. Okay. Right. So here's my question. Why not just to be safe, do that every time. <laughs> do well, that. Well, well, you know what I'm saying? M Mike Felger, um, 98.5 has a great yep. idea that, that I don't think he invented, but he promotes yep. it. No more nonsense with signs or, yeah. or video or all, any of this gar garbage. Allow the catcher, the pitcher, and a designated coach to have a little earbud. Sure. And they can kind of talk to each other. Why not? They do it in football. Exactly. Yeah. Now, good luck. Try to decipher what we're doing, but you can't. Right. And it's all gone. But now, with all that said, I'm not fundamentally as annihilated by the sign stealing yep. as maybe I'm leading people to believe. I mean, it's not good, but... It's not a crime against humanity. It's not a right? crime against humanity. <laughs> yeah, but he, you know but here's what's terrible. Yep. I think that the Alex Coras, the Carlos Beltrans, who, by the way, just quit an hour ago from the Mets because he was oh. about to get fired. Um, Breaking news. The A.J. Hinches. The problem is I think they might have lied to the oh, commissioner. Yeah. Yeah. So like anything in life, the lie and the cover-up, mm -hmm. that's the bad thing. Yeah, and that, that, The actual little mini cheating thing, mm -hmm. that's called being a human, mm -hmm. maybe. Mm -hmm. But the lying and the cover-up, 
that's why you get kicked out of the game. And there are parallels to the Spygate thing with Belichick, right? The, the, you know, what he did was he allowed cameras to shoot from a position where he was forbidden from doing so. But to me, I always, it pissed me off. It's like, well, look, can we view this in the big picture? You're, what they're doing, this, those signs in football are in plain view. Anyone can see them. Right. And actually, you're allowed to shoot from different places. So what's the big crime? But maybe the big crime was he thumbed his nose at the commissioner. That's right. He ignored a memo from the commish. And then knowing him, he was, you know, smug and belligerent after the fact. And so, you know, you got yourself a penalty. And I agree. that I, I mean, the way Cora handled it. I can't dispute when someone says, well, he knew about it. You know, he, he had done it in Houston. He knew it was wrong. He kept doing it. I can't dispute that. But to me, as far as what the game is like, in fact, I'll end on this point. 1951 um, New York Giant baseball team um, defeated the Dodgers. Final day of the season. You, 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 if you grew up reading about baseball like I did, JP, you know, Giants won the pennant. Giant, Bobby Thompson, walk-off home run. Shot heard around the world. Shot heard around the world. There you go. Years later... Much of the team admitted they were stealing signs. All, you can look this up. There was a New York Post article. And, and so they were using a military scope positioned in center field. Right. It's like the same thing. Exactly. And you know what? It's the first cousin to. Go ahead. And we don't have time to get into this right. deeply, but steroids. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me that Willie Mays, Ted Williams, and Hank Aaron wouldn't have done steroids if they were available back then? I have no they, doubt. They probably would have. They did they, everything. They that did was, everything else. That, greenies. Oh yeah, right. So with all that said, you and then you can go way back. Babe Ruth, big fan of his. Ty Cobb, big fan. They <laughs> did not face African-American pitchers or Latinos like Pedro or Bob Gibson. They only played during the day in beautiful sunlight against gentlemen from this side of the Mississippi who went to Ivy League schools who yeah. had one pitch. Right. My only point in bringing it up is that every generation, for right, wrong, or indifferent, has a unique set of circumstances yes. that were just the unabashed fact. And you should just judge based upon the context within they played. You can't throw any of these labels on it and and maybe today's is the is the extra sign cheating 10 years ago was the steroids yeah um if you lied about steroids that's a bad thing right but if you did them guess what mm-hmm. just about everybody was so in my mind the stats are not warped yeah and the, and there's just like the 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 sign stealing seems to be the you know i have friends that call me up and go yes what the hell with the socks i mean i'm like well what bothers you so much they cheated they cheated i'm like all right what what does cheating mean? Right. What, no, is it, what does it I'm mean? I'm with you. What is does it, that mean? Yeah. You, because put a little, and I'm not trying to be like difficult about it, but cheating, if you look up Webster's, it says to gain advantage by use of dishonesty. Okay. So taken literally, that means the hidden ball trick is cheating. Of course. Right? So, But that's within the rules, I guess. The steroids, the quote unquote cheating on signs, none of it has tainted my love for baseball, my Same. interest in Same. baseball, or my happiness about the Red Sox victories. So- Scorer being smug has always bothered me. And I think Bloom, the new GM, wanted his own guy anyways. Mm. So therefore, I'm not bummed out that he's gone. Yeah. But it does has very little to do with quote unquote, did he cheat or not? Yeah. No, and I'm with you. And you and again, you're you're you sort of had a gut feeling about Cora, which it did. sounds like it played out uh, unfortunately <laughs> exactly the way it did. Anyway, <sighs> okay, end of rant. We promised a few minutes on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. JP's, uh, who, who's your, uh, before we get to the Hall of Fame, just quick, 
<laughs> who's your who's who are your titans, your heroes of rock and roll, and what's the greatest show you've ever, ever went to? All right, so two questions. All, all things Beatles. Um, oh, nice. You know, the Beatles themselves, and then McCartney, Wings, Lennon, Solo, Harrison, Ringo. I've probably seen Ringo ten times. Uh, I've probably seen McCartney four. I uh, never had the the, the privilege of um, honor of seeing Harrison or or Lennon, but just anything to do with the Beatles, uh, I just can't get over how great um, they were, how much their talents have not only stood the test of time, but quite frankly, they're still the very best in the business. Of course, yeah, yeah. It, it it it's it's still stunning. It it's um and someone. Maybe it was even Brian Epstein, you know, Beatles manager, predicted at the time that no one would, no one would match them. And this is a guy speaking in like 1968 or whatever, and he's still right. No, you, no, you know? no one has. <laughs> yeah. So, the, the, my other, to answer your other question, mm. I have two two answers to that. I would have to say that there's two shows that I've been to that are the best. Uh, I'm going to say Paul McCartney at the old Foxborough Stadium. In the circa 1990 with my little brother, nice. um, that was amazingly special. I was 17, 18. He was 13, 14. First time seeing a Beatle. Wow. I bet he, he even more um, has a, even a more cherished memory because his big brother is bringing him and introducing him to uh, Legend of Rock. It was a beautiful bond. It's great. Them, to show you that I do have some open-mindedness and I'm not just all Beatles, mm. My brother and I was actually a school teacher here in Westwood for Severian Brothers. Mm. Uh, I'd say four summers ago, Gillette Stadium, next to the old Foxborough Schaefer Stadium, Sullivan Stadium. Yep, many um, names. Michael <laughs> and I, three, four summers ago, saw ACDC. I might have been there. I might have been there, yeah. I, Absolute. Fantastic. Unbelievable. Yeah. Energizing. They sounded great. Yeah, they still sounded We were drinking 16-ounce beers for (laughs) 20 bucks of whack. (laughs) Yeah, you pay for it, but it's worth it. It was delicious. Let's face it. No matter what price they quote you, when you're you're outdoors, nice warm night, and you want a beer, you're going to pay whatever they tell you. Correct. So ACDC, circa 2015 at, at Gillette. I remember. I bought tickets to that show. Actually, I, I have become a ticket snob, and, and I try to, you know, have the, the eagle eyes over StubHub and try to get a bargain. And I got a pretty good bargain that night. I forget how much we had to pay, but we were we were in, I don't know if we were in the front pit, but we were in one of those pits. So like the general, we. You were? Uh, we could have been next to each other. I know. And Angus came kind of right out next and practically sweated on you. Yes. Right? Honestly. That's so funny. Uh, just an amazing memory. Yeah. And, and by the way, not a gimmick. <laughs> they, yep. at that time, now I know they've had some deaths and illnesses since then. I want to say that we saw ACDC, Dave, at the end of their long prime. I'm mm. sorry. They were fantastic. There was nothing this nostalgic. It was like they were fresh and new. Oh, yeah. And I loved every second of it, and so did my brother, and it was a blast. I, I uh, was the author, Chuck Klosterman, who I first, I got to give credit, he, I first saw him write this and it's not that novel but no one rocked higher than acdc period like the the and and rock fans know what i mean by that it's like they they're not as great a band as the beatles please they're not as great a band as the stones probably but if you want to punch you in the face rock and roll show that's who you like they said i think it was bon scott pre-brian johnson it's a long way to the top (laughs) if you want to rock and roll and i love rock and roll as a a verb and and, and, (laughs) yeah and it's also of course a, a great noun but they know how to rock and roll. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. It's not overly thought, 
they're not thinking too much. It's not artsy. Right. It's just good old fashioned. Let's get at it. Fun. Yeah, and and there are more than a dozen songs that I I will listen to the whole thing anytime it comes on the radio. They, they the the one you mentioned is my favorite song, and that's an old. Bon Scott song. Right. Also, the band, the the best example of a band that managed to replace their lead singer after Bon passed away and not miss a beat. They got better. They, Back in Black, the debut yeah. album with Brian Johnson is Legendary. like up there with Thriller. Yep. In the wall. Yeah. In terms of all time sales. Yeah. And and deservedly so. All right. So in the final like three minutes, I keep sorry for running late, everybody today on the Boston podcast, but um, it's a podcast. You people have time. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame results just came in this week. Full list of inductees were Depeche Mode, the Doobie Brothers, Whitney Houston, Nine Inch Nails, Notorious B.I.G., and T-Rex. All were, first, first question, we'll deal with them first. All worthy or? Well, I think B.I.G. is a top three rap act of all time. So he's a no brainer. Yeah. You know, that's like Jeter. He's a top three shortstop. You have to get in. So I'm yeah. Biggie Smalls deserves it. Um, now, before you go, just real quick, you're okay with the the that being sort of uh, the rock and roll of today, even though yeah. by sort of by strict definition, it's not rock; it's hip hop, right? I know that, but I think that rock and roll is more of a, a synonym, if you will, for popular music. Sure. And then within it, you've got classic rock. You know, you've got R and B, you've got pop, you've got rap, you've mm-hmm. got you know all sorts of stuff. So I riddle that for years that kind of confused me and bothered me, but now I'm all for it. I love it. Yeah, they sh- they, they'll never change a name. It's a good name, Rock no, and Roll Hall of Fame. It's rock and you, roll. But it's- you could change it to the Pop Music Hall of Fame or the uh, music, uh, all music except country Hall of Fame. But yeah, that well, that's kind that of doesn't what it is. never ring to it, yeah. <laughs> so he deserved it. Yep. And I suppose Whitney Houston deserved, deserves it. The rest of the list, I think, um, you know, Doobie someday should get in. The other groups are good, but I'm kind of puzzled as Luke to why Warmer. Pat Benatar Pat Benatar didn't get in. If yeah, I mean to me, Pat Benatar is a top ten all time. You know, I mean this respectfully. Chick Rock, like yeah. she's like it's the Go Go's, it's Heart, it's um, mm-hmm. Janis Joplin. We're not going to go on for all of them, but Pat Benatar, Joan Jett, Joan Jett, Joan, who's in? Of course, she's in. Yeah, deservedly so. Yep. So Pat Benatar, that's a snub. Um, like Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, and Manny Ramirez <laughs> in the MLB, uh, or the Baseball Hall of Fame, I should say. So I'm I'm a fan of Pat Benatar getting in. I'm okay with... You heard it first. J.P. Plunkett says Pat Benatar did steroids. <laughs> and that's why she's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No, I'm just kidding. She's. I saw her. With, she now does the thing with um, her husband's name escapes me, but her longtime guitarist and husband... They do, a sh- I mean, it's a Pat Benatar show, but they show a little video montage about their sort of uh, life. And st- it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. Puts Still puts on a great show. Um, she got snubbed. Dave Matthews Band got snubbed. Craftwork, they say, is a big snub. I have no idea what that is. Music, why people, you like that music. To me, it, it sounds like a, a computer from Maybe I'm a nerd and up. many people would say I am. <laughs> Never heard of Kraftwerk. Yeah, it, it's techno. They're they're like the king, the the kings of this beep, beep, boop, boop, beep, that kind of thing. Um, no, thank you. Strange to me, but people tell me that they were influential. Uh, Rufus and Shaka Khan did not get in. Todd Rundgren snubbed, and those are the big omissions. Anybody on there that? Oh, you said Pat Benatar. Yeah, Pat, she should be in. She yeah. belongs there. She'll get there. Matthews someday. I, I think so, and I'm not a fan. But I'm just, not either. But, but just, I respect them. But they're to me. Still, they seem young. Yeah, they, 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 they're not as young as they seem. I, I don't yeah. know. He's he's 
He's in his 40s, I think. So you that's know, young by to rock me, and they're roll. young. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I agree with you. I don't know what the rush was to get Dave Matthews Band in, but um, what the, what it would be. I'm sorry, he's not in yet. So yeah, let him let him take a few more at bats. Right. I like the Doobies. I'm glad they're in. Um, Whitney is just an interesting question because the the question is you don't think of her synonymous with rock and roll at all, but being the you know, maybe the central figure of her generation for pop music mm-hmm. and the number of songs, memorable songs she turned out, you, got, you just got to give it to her. No, Janet, I, I, Janet I agree. Jackson's in, by the way. So, no, Whitney yeah. belongs there, yeah. and um, she does. Yeah. She absolutely does. I, I remember uh, going to the Common. She did a concert on the Common, and my parents brought my brother, sister, and I back there in the, the mid to late 80s, and that was a ton of fun, and... I remember when I was a hot dog vendor at Fenway as a teenager, running down wow. to the old strawberries to buy uh, cassettes yeah. every now and then before work, and picked up a Whitney Houston um, cassette. And wow! Good memories of Whitney. God rest admitting, soul. admitting that he bought a Whitney Houston cassette on the Boston podcast. You heard it here first, <laughs> folks. No, she. I mean, come on. She and and that voice. And you know what? I, I wonder if maybe what put her over the top was her performance of the. Uh, national anthem before the Super Bowl wow. during during the it was that was like the Desert War um, mm-hmm. uh, era, and if you go back and listen to that, although she did lip sync it, but that's okay. She still sang the track, and it does make your patriotism swell to hear Whitney here sing uh, the national anthem. So, um, all right, I think we've covered a lot of ground here, J J P Plunkett. What I want to thank you for having me. You're a good My man. I'm, I'm excited about your burgeoning um podcast empire thank and, you uh, I, I really wish you the best and i'm excited to be here today and just want to say much appreciation well th- thank you and and you are welcome back uh we will have to have you back because i feel like there's a lot of stuff that we didn't cover i mean i could have talked forever just about wiffle ball for crying out loud and we didn't really get into our best wiffle ball stories <laughs> i don't know if anyone wants to listen to that but i'd love to talk about it once again, uh, J.P. Plunkett, Red Dome Realty. I'll mention the website again, r-dome.com, and we'll put all of J.P.'s contact info in the show notes of this episode, or if you're listening on the Adori app, you'll see it right there on your screen. That's right, little plug out, plug to our friends at Adori, A-D-O-R-I. Go to the App Store, download the Adori podcast player, your podcasts will come to life thanks for sharing this podcast please keep doing that and if you want your own podcast pod617.com is where you go to find out how to get started thanks again to our friends at the u.s postal service usbs.com slash careers is where you go to find out about careers at the u.s postal service on behalf of my new best buddy in the world jp plunkett my name is dave i'm just a guy from boston but if you're not from boston you must be the other guy enjoy the day everybody you must be the other guy You heard it first, J.P. Plunkett says Pat Benatar did steroids.